Welcome to Crop Sense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, we have Dr. Ron Heinegger from NC State Extension to talk about early season corn management. Good morning, Dr. Heinegger. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. It's a great day to be alive. That's for sure. So, I guess the best planting weather we've had so far this year was in February. I'm hoping (laughs) nobody planted in February, but can you start off by talking about how corn planting has went so far this spring? Yeah, you are exactly right. Our best plant weather was in February, early March. We had a lot of growers at the time ask whether they should have planted, but uh, I think you're right. I don't think there was any advantage to trying that. Uh, It's a little risky up there. But yeah, it's been an up and down season. We talked a little bit at the winter meetings about the fact that we were anticipating a little more frequent uh, rainfall and maybe a little cooler weather. Now, I don't know that we've seen a lot of cooler weather, but certainly we're seeing more frequent and intensive rainfall events over the last month here, which has certainly slowed down corn planting across the state. I think a lot of guys, particularly early in April, were worried about that rain that came in over Easter and that cold weather with that. So they sort of slowed down. Then we had a week right after that uh, Easter period where it dried up and we went pretty good. And then we got another little uh, rain over the weekend, slowed things down again. And now here we come to the end of April and we get these three days of intense rainfall events across the state. And uh, we're sort of stuck out of the field for a little while here. So some of this corn certainly go drivel into mid-May as far as these planting opportunities go. So that's uh, certainly different from what we've seen the last two years where we've had excellent opportunities and got this corn in uh, really in excellent shape early. Now this year we're going to struggle a little bit to find a, a good opportunity and this corn plant is going to dribble into, into mid-May for sure. What percentage of the corn do you think has been planted so far, or how much we got left to go? I think we're in the 60, two-thirds, 66 to 70 percent of the corn, I think, has been planted. Uh, yeah, some of these larger farmers certainly got with it and planted a lot of acres, but many of our smaller growers, particularly in the Piedmont, are still waiting. Uh, it's been cool, and, and planting in the residue out there is, presents challenges when you're planting in cool conditions. So a lot of that corn still needs to get planted. So I think about two-thirds is where we're sitting at right now. So you know, historically, we like to try and plant you know, in April, if at all possible, but I think your research has shown, and the weather patterns have, have proven out, correct me if I'm wrong, that planting into May is not necessarily an issue as far as getting a good yield. Is that correct? That's right, Jacob. Yeah. You know, when I first came to NC State some 30 years ago, we were sort of worried about planting corn later in May for a couple of reasons. Insects, diseases, hybrids just weren't uh, able to tolerate temperature stress later in the summer. But now we have these BT hybrids. We're able to handle diseases a lot better. Hybrids are got to some drought guard resistance. So we're seeing the capability of planting later into to May and still having really good or excellent yield potential in this crop. So I'm not worried about planting late. Now, yeah, but gets it to late May. Now you're starting to talk about shortening up the growing period there enough that you're going to cut into your sunlight 
And anytime you do that, you're going to have some yield impact. So I certainly like to see the crop get done by, say, 15th or 20th of May. We still got that time to get that accomplished, but uh, it's going to be tight on that day. I know a lot of these growers have stuff to plant after corn as well. They're trying to get beans or cotton or peanuts or other stuff. So I'm sure they're ready to get done. Uh, Can you talk about any issues you've been seeing or or been getting calls on as far as our corn crop with the cold and kind of wet up and down weather we've had? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a couple of phone calls on uh, early nutrient symptoms, you know, things like sulfur and magnesium, I think we see at least some deficiencies of those two elements every year in corn. And not because we don't have them in the soil. Most of our soil tests are excellent for those two elements, but uh, because it gets cold or it gets wet and this root system has a little more trouble picking up those elements, and because the plant needs them in fairly large quantities while they show up as deficient, Uh, Usually that passes fairly quickly. So I've had a couple of calls talking about magnesium deficiencies. uh, Here or there, some calls on sulfur. And most of those, unless their soil tests are really low or it's a severe signs of deficiency, really it's just a matter of waiting out this cold a little bit and letting that crop uh, root system start to take up what it needs. How concerned are you about these rainfalls we've had this spring? I guess the the fall... And the winter wasn't overly wet, but this spring we've had some big rainfalls as far as leaching out sulfur, I guess, will be the main concern. Right. Yeah. Sulfur or nitrogen, particularly this last event, the series of rainfall events we had, we finally got into enough intensity that we've saturated uh, soils. We're seeing some flushing of nutrients into the soil profile because of this uh, saturation events. I I don't know that I'm extremely concerned. Uh, you know, in the past, we've had rainfall events of six, eight inches of rain where you had water sitting on the field for two or three days. Anytime you have standing water, now there's where you want to be concerned. If you're looking across your field and, and it is dried out here already by Monday, Tuesday after these rains passed, you're not probably in too bad a shape because... It's drained through, and now this soil's starting to, to uh, get some oxygen there. You're not getting much denitrification in that case. But if you got standing water, that's a very different. Now you're denitrifying, you're moving sulfur deeper in the profile. Uh, those are cases where I get real concerned. So I haven't seen a lot of those situations, but I do know there are spots in the field where that has certainly happened. I've talked to some growers who say, gee, my corn didn't come up well in that spot, or it's looking really yellow in that spot. Those are examples where that saturated soil and rainfall probably move those elements, and uh, nitrogen, sulfur in particular. And they're probably, you know, you can always uh, say, well, gee, I'd like to spot that or apply some. But you got to weigh, you know, what the cost is against uh, how big that area or how much impact that the area might have on your yield. So, Can you talk about just fertility recommendations going forward as far as putting out lay-by fertilizer and, and kind of how you would approach that with the season that we're having so far? Yeah, one of the things really, this is important to t- talk about, this lay-by fur. This is really one of the things we have to do in North Carolina, in my opinion, in corn. 
is we get these periods of intense rain or rainy events here early in the season. So if we put all our nitrogen up front, we're going to lose some of it. And so doing a lay-by application of nitrogen or combining that with sulfur, and, and in many cases for some of the growers on sandier soils, is a good idea to to make sure you covered some of this uh, weather risk that uh, we present are presented with every year here in this state. So I think that's true this year. We want to make sure that we get that plan for a lay-by application. I think you're going to want to make it earlier than later. Yeah, this year, because of the nature of this weather, I think when you see an opportunity, get in early with your lay. You know, I'm talking V4 to V5 rather than waiting to V6, uh, like sometimes we want to do. But um, I think you want to make an earlier lay-by application. And remember that, indeed, on some of these lighter soils, a little sulfur will be needed with some of this uh, moisture and rain we've had. I know at least a certain percentage of folks like to come by and, and knife in nitrogen applications. Can you talk a little bit about as far as application method, whether we're spreading something over the top or spraying even a liquid on top of the soil versus knifing it in and kind of if that's something that really makes much of a difference or just kind of getting across it is the most important part? That's a great question, by the way. And it's sort of the answer always is in, in a good extension connotation. It depends. Now, if you look at data, Dr. Crozier did a really good job of looking at two or three years where he looked at different forms of applying the lay by knifing it in, broadcast, uh, banding. And if you look at that data, why you'll come to the conclusion pretty quickly that there wasn't much difference uh, yield wise over the three or four years that he did that. But there is times when it there is some differences. For instance, dry, hot conditions where we have dry soils like we did in May of last year. Really, a guy wants to ban or, or put it in the soil because you're going to get some volatilization. You're certainly not going to get nitrogen moving into the root zone in those cases. So there, under those conditions, banding or, or knifing in has an advantage. In the, in our current situation with wet soils, um, decent conditions, I don't think there's going to be much difference whether you broadcast or knife it or band it. The one thing I will say, our data last year convinced me that on wider rows, you certainly want to place it closer to the plant than just broadcasting it all across the middle of the row. You'd like to move that band uh, or band it a little closer to the plant to get maximum benefit or utilization of that nitrogen you're applying there. So in the end, I guess I guess I'll say it this way. In the end, when it's wet and uh, rainy and cooler, just get it on. You know, just get it done. But in a in a year like last year, when it's dry and you got plenty of time, let's go ahead and ban some of this, or at least get it in the in the soil. Is there anything else you think we need to discuss as we look to wrapping this thing up, Dr. Honiger? Well, I will say this: I, I, you know, we've talked about the issues that we faced here in corn production already this year, but we're really a not bad condition of the crop right now. A lot of the corn that I see out there looks very good. We've gotten off to really pretty good start, despite some of these rainfall events that have plagued us. 
Uh, farmers are doing an excellent job of paying attention to this weather, and and I get a lot of calls with about the corn climate dashboard. You know, should I plant corn or shouldn't I plant? It's like a cotton farmer. Should I plant cotton or should? That's the same idea here. You need to be careful about when you do that. And a lot of these guys are doing a really good job of doing that. And as a result, when I look across the the state. This corn crop has started in a really good position. Looks really good right now. I say let's make sure we get these lay-by done and in good shape. We've got a decent start to this crop. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, Dr. Heinegger. Thanks, Jacob. If you have any questions about your corn crop, be sure to reach out to your local cooperative extension agent, and they'd be happy to answer any questions you have. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review. And as always, thanks for listening to Crop Sense. Because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.